and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast sponsored by AJF Plastering with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 206. We've got another very busy show for you this week. We've got two games to, uh, to chat about. We're also going to catch up on the week that was uh, as well. And has someone left the coaching setup? We're going to chat about that later in the show. But firstly, <laughs> contentious, I know. I know. But firstly, thanks to our sponsor, Adam, who came on last week and gave us some great opinions and views that probably reflected a lot of the fellow fan base and what, uh, what a lot of people were thinking. So uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Adam. Uh, apparently he's been approached by lots of people saying how great he was and you know he's getting a bit, bit famous now. He was so good. Our sponsor is now going to do the two other Orient radio shows, which is a, a testament to how good Adam went down. So Adam runs AJF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company they cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work they specialize in silicone color render systems and i'm sure you were listening last week but if you weren't they offer 15 percent off for all o's fans and all o's staff so for more information and the best plastering and rendering prices around and before he gets his own podcast undoubtedly somewhere <laughs> or radio show you can find him by emailing ajfplastering at outlook.com or by visiting AJF Plastering on Facebook or on Twitter by just searching for Big Ads L-O-F-C. Nicely done. Supporters Club have given us an update. They've got two trips to tell you about. First up is uh, this coming Tuesday's trip to Crewe, Tuesday the 28th of January. Kick-off for that 7.45. Coaches are leaving at half past one. It's going to cost 34 quid for this. Uh, if you're an adult, 31 for concessions. Um, we're then going to go to Cheltenham Town uh, in February the fifth on February the fifteenth. Coaches are going to be leaving at eight thirty for a three o'clock kickoff. That's going to cost you thirty pound if you're an adult, twenty seven if you're a concession. It's going to cost you an extra three quid if you're not a member. And remember, under fifteens can travel for half price, but you've got to be with an adult. And remember, those prices do not include your match day ticket. So to book for these or any of the supporters club trips uh, on a, you can go in on a match date into the supporters club or you can call the travel line on 077 so time for a latent orient trust update so there wasn't one last week but we do have a very good one this week so thank you to Howard uh, for sending one over starts by saying Josh Wright visited Parkside School in Chingford as part of a reward programme for boys participating in the Premier League Primary Stars Reading Programme and Josh answered questions about his career and also played football in their new MUGA I have no idea what that is Mugger 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 Howard know. let us know what that is because I have no idea what I've just read out okay Joby McEnough is the club ambassador for the new Fit O's programme that commences on January the 29th. More details are on the Trust website or you can call 0208 556 5973. And on Tuesday's game, former participants of the Premier League Kicks programme were able to take penalties at half-time. The new season of Kicks has now started and more details can be obtained from Hafiz Hack at the Trust by emailing Sul. Dot hack at latentorientrust.org.uk I think you're going to have to spell that one Hafizul Huck H-A-F-I-Z-U-L dot H-A-Q-U-E Well done there Mr Levy Good effort sir <laughs> Thanks to all those who pledged donations to the JE3 Foundation uh, the update fi- uh, finishes off by saying uh, and those that took part in the penalty shootout on Saturday namely Ivan, Steve, Ross, Luca 
and Theo. Amazing penalty shootout, which the Orient team won. So well done to the Orient team. And just one piece of AOB this week. Oh, it was week. down at the South Stand this week, wasn't it? It was. I've, I've got it mentioned, actually, in my little um, half-time write-up. So okay. AOB, the next quiz at the Supporters Club is on Sunday, the 5th of April. It starts a bit earlier than uh, the other quizzes. Doors open at 5, and the quiz starts at 6pm. The cost for this one is £8 a head, max of eight people per team with half-time sandwiches included, and all the money raised from this quiz will go towards the O's youth teams and the O's ladies teams. So you can book for this one by contacting Lee Deering on Twitter at Gorillas1985 or via email at lmd85 at hotmail.uk or again in the supporters club by seeing either Lee or David on any match day. So good work there from all involved in those updates that we've just read out. Absolutely. So, moving on then to the week that was. Coulson Monday, the 20th of January, O's chairman Nigel Travis took to the club's social media accounts as he put out a video to calm nerves following the... Sorry, calm fans' nerves following the recent poor form to inform fans that the club were looking at signing new players and to come and support the team in the upcoming clash against Northampton. I thought that video was quite good. It was short. It was quite apt. I think one thing about Nigel and Kent is they don't go hiding when times get tough. So if anyone thought they were doing nothing just in the US and not reacting to what was going on, I think hopefully this video would have kind of changed those fans' minds. Well, I did see some criticism about the video, just saying it didn't really seem to say much and what was the point without giving much away. So I was quite surprised to see the criticism, but I personally thought that was a good good touch there from Nigel. I think it's reassuring that, uh, like you say, that um, Nigel's, all right, it was a minute 40 seconds. It wasn't, it wasn't long, but it said what it needed to say. I think it just shows that um, you know a message from the club chairman that uh, that they're not just sitting on their hands hoping someone's going to say oh, I'll come and play for you, um, that they are doing something. But um, you know I think you could always pick the bones out of something if uh, if you're that way inclined. But yeah, it, it's good communication from you know a recent past where there was criticism for no communication yeah. at all. Yeah, something absolutely. is better than nothing. Absolutely, it certainly is, my friend. So moving on into so Who a Tuesday the 21st of January and it was time for the first game of the week as the O's entertained Northampton Town at home. So the team was announced at 6.45 with Sargent in goal, Ekpateta Coulson and Happy, Marsh, Clay, Cissé Wright, Brophy and Harold and Wilkinson. And on the bench for this round, Vigaru, Sweeney, Judd, Dayton, Kiprianu, JMD and Mr Satoru. Yeah, Liangol missed out with a head injury as Jaden Sweeney was named on the bench. Matt Harold, Craig Clay, Usise and Marvin Ekpateta all started as Josh Wright made his 400th professional first team yeah. appearance. That's a big milestone. Fair play. Yeah, well done to Josh Wright. Again, when I saw that team announced, there's so many players all playing similar positions. You're trying to analyse it and work out who's playing where and who's doing what. And I was hoping it would be a 4-4-2, but looking at the plays, it quickly became obvious to me that it wasn't going to be a 4-4-2. But decent changes there. Good to see Cissé making his first start. Bringing Epiteta back was a bold move. And Clay and Harold starting. You go, okay, his experience there, but know-how on the pitch against a team who were doing well. So no problems there for me. Yeah, interesting that Sweeney and Judd are on the bench, but Ross has decided to play Marsh out of his natural position as well. You know, we've got Shadrach out on loan, uh, who did very well against Dover yesterday. I'm sure lots of people have seen his goal uh, yesterday. So, uh, interesting that, that, that Jaden Sweeney is now on the bench uh, for us. I mean, if he's ever needed, is he going to be called upon sort of thing? Um, probably not, but it's better to have a body on the bench 
than not. But we've also got a pretty decent bench as well with Dayton, JMD, Satoru, quite attacking in that in that respect. Yeah, it gives you lots of options on yeah. the bench. But good point there about Sweeney. Same with Judd. I mean, Judd would be sitting there going, I'm a right-back, but you're playing a centre midfielder yeah. as a right-back, so what am I doing? He's so probably still scratching his head. Probably is. Miles, you know, he probably is sitting there thinking, like, why am I not being played? If I'm a natural right-back who can play on that wing-back thing... Uh, in that position why, why am I not being picked although saying that I think he was criticised a bit last week in the Port Bell game didn't have his best game and if you remember he got booked and was yeah. subbed very very quickly after yeah. so it, maybe that, that, that is still playing it. to Ross's mind yeah so more than likely lots of tweets on this one we're just going to name one from at Dan Alton 2590 who says still one up front fair enough Ross starts Harold, but then he drops the only decent crosser of a ball in JMD. He then drops the best available right back in Judd and puts a central midfielder in there instead. Good God, he's actually clueless. So there was a minute's applause observed uh, as former Orient manager George Petchy was remembered as the match kicked off on a freezing cold Tuesday night in E10 with the O's looking to bounce back from the weekend defeat to Port Vale. Against an informed Northampton team looking for their fifth win on the trot. We do have a nasty habit of playing informed teams. Yes. So Northampton, they're looking for their fifth win on the trot. Newport County, who will come on to, we're looking for their fourth, fourth win, win on the trot. And it seems like goalkeepers are either having the games well, of their lives yeah. or the teams we're playing are on very good form. So let's find out how O's done. And the first piece of action to talk about was in the ninth minute, in a moment of panic as we tried to play out from the back and the ball came back to Sam Sargent, who looked comfortable, no pressure on him. He accidentally passed it to the oncoming Warburton um, as the whole South stand gasped. And luckily for us, Warburton took too many, t- well, one touch too many under pressure, probably left the shots all quite late. He still got his shot away, which was decent, but the ball hit the post and was then cleared and a bit of suicidal oh. defending, I think you could say there. Kamikaze, <laughs> proper kamikaze. We're thinking, come on. I think Sam had already made a kick uh, or kicked the ball from goal kick into touch at that point. I think, I can't remember properly, but I could just see that we were starting to play it around our box and it makes me really nervous when we do that because, you know, we're not Man City or Liverpool or Barcelona. You know, we haven't got that that to us necessarily. That's not part of our game plan, but yeah, and then he's just miskicked it and it's just landed straight yeah. at their play and you're thinking, oh, ninth minute. Where's your luck? How's your luck? Well, I guess but a bit luckily, I guess a bit lucky. Like it hits the wrong side of the post for them, and we kind of survive the scare. Their man will be disappointed he didn't capitalise on that. Yeah. I'm really disappointed because that's a game changer. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so although maybe they wouldn't have got because the whole complexion of the game would have changed, they wouldn't have got their first goal in the 43rd minute or whatever it was that they got it in uh, yeah. later on. So um, no, really much action to talk about for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> a bit of a, I think it's fair to say. Lacklustre, disappointing, well, slow. Start. We could talk about every kick of the game, but you know, for a podcast, we you know we don't want to. We could be here for like three or four hours, so you know, to limit some of the usual play, we're just trying to cover some of the more potent Key elements points. of it. Yeah, um, so we're going to fast forward now to the twenty seventh minute when Northampton went close again. Cross was allowed to come into the box as Oliver won the ball, which rolled across a six yard box, just missing Watson who came sliding in, and Northampton had been applying, applying a lot of pressure throughout the half. It had been a lot of them and not much of us, so, you know, that was another shot across our bowels that we just really didn't need. Yeah, uh, the O's had their first shot at the Northampton goal in the 39th minute, but Connor Walkinson's shot was straight at their keeper, Cornell, in the Northampton Probably should. goal. I think you'd be disappointed with that. I think it, he should have scored it, in my opinion. Um, he snatched at it, 
and and usually his composure is a little bit better than that in in those situations. So I think he'll be quite disappointed that he didn't he didn't score. And it's taken us thirty nine minutes to register an effort on target to make their keeper work as well, which isn't really what you want to see yeah. when you're at home. Maybe kind of just desperate for a goal by That's any means. Absolutely, and yeah. he's just rushed himself and not got it. I mean, the keeper's only one percentage of the goal and you've got all the rest of the goal gaping and he's shot it straight at him. Yeah, okay, so 44th minute then, Northampton took the lead as a long ball was flicked on, which eventually came to Watson who ran across the box, got his shot away, flew into the top corner of Sargent's goal and Northampton had the lead just before half-time. Lapses again. Lapses again. We're not picking up the runner. We're allowing them to come through. No one's going to close down. It's a good goal on their part. Uh, Sarge could not have stopped that. Yeah. Uh, and he, he could do that again and again and, and probably score that. It was a good chance for him and he'd have been gutted if he'd have missed it. And he didn't. So, yeah, just where were we again? Where were we watching? Why were we ball watching and not player watching? Why were who, why was that guy allowed to run in? Yeah. I'm sure these are questions that Ross and the analysts have all sat down and looked at and, and hopefully addressing. But, yeah, we can't keep allowing these mistakes to keep costing us we just can't it's a good finish I Very thought by good, Watson yeah. but defensively a bit naive I mean could Coulson do better with the initial flick on and I think we mentioned it last week in terms of the defence probably do their jobs but in terms of the midfield who's tracking defensively the midfield so a bad time to go yeah and and just, on down. The, just on the cusp of half time you're thinking get in at nil-nil do your team talk and then we'll come out second half all guns blazing but that's a different team talk they're going to have to do now. Yeah, absolutely. So three minutes of additional time were added on. In the second minute, Usise, who's rapidly turning into my new favourite player, yeah. gets booked for a crunching challenge as the half-time whistle goes shortly after with the O's trailing 1-0. I do like a defensive midfielder. Good they player. do the dirty stuff and I like that. Good player. I do like that. So yeah, 1-0 at half-time. A lot of sideways and backwards passing for me. We seem a little bit nervous, lacking ideas, little movement up front, not allowing any outlets when we've got the ball deep, the balls have to go long or, or they're going to the opposition or we're making mistakes and turning possession over, we're not closing down quick enough. Lots of little things um, that were happening that, that we've got to iron out and just get on top of sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, we always get a lot of tweets anyway, as you expect, by with the kind of social media following we have. I would say at this half-time, is probably the biggest amount of tweets we've ever had at a half-time period because it was just manic. We're going to mention quite a few. There's a lot of emotional, frustrated, questioning the team uh, and the management tweets, I would say. So mm. Orient underscore Ed, who sits in front of us, said, same old rubbish, balls into nowhere, passes astray, opposition with acres of space, I could go on, confidence on the floor, heads are down, we are in severe trouble. Paul Skinner, 88, said, worst half of football this season, right needs to be dropped, Coulson back to his worst, no left midfield, absolute tripe. I mean, I did say there was a lot of uh, criticism coming in for Josh Wright right, at yeah. that point in the game. He was a bit frustrating for me in that first half as well, just watching some of his play was just very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Stiggy64 said, considering we should be 4-0 down, 1-0 at half-time, almost feels like a positive second best all over the pitch, unfortunately. <laughs> Lawton, well, they didn't really work Sam Sargent that much, to be fair, in that in that half. He didn't really have a lot to do, so I don't necessarily think that we should be four down, maybe two. Um, but he did, he, you know, that guy sliding in that missed it, you know, that was unfortunate. Or maybe that guy hitting the post like three nil. 
But then yeah. you get one of those goals and you have to restart it's again, so it's, yeah. it's all different. Lawton Gamp said, absolutely appalling first half performance, devoid of passion, nous and skill. Even if the formation was close to being the right one to play at home, it's not. The personnel aren't up to delivering it. We are sleepwalking to oblivion. Yeah, sleepwalking word cropping up again. Lots of those words in last week's podcast. It's Stroud, Green, O. So this looks like a team going down. Confidence is so low. We just have to hope that one of the other teams has an even worse end to the season than us, as I just can't see much of an improvement coming from this current crop. Stephen Orient said, this is not entertainment, this is torture. We look clueless and so unfit. This can't be just the players' fault, surely. Josh Wright is so poor in almost every game and today is poor even by his standards. Well, very cutting there. O's yeah. fan basing. Said, seen some poor first halves by us here before, but this ranks out there. Absolutely no idea what they are doing out there. Neil underscore Watson 37 said, I'll say this again, Ling's the problem. Not going to get a decent coach while he's at the club. Just wants a yes man. We all know Ross is a nice bloke and orient through and through, but we need a manager who's going to kick these players up the backside and hopefully a performance. Oh, nicely done there, Paul. At Tom P, 1984. It's his final fur, not looking good. Very few options when going through in midfield. They want everything in the air, but we have no other options that to play along to try and hit Harold. Sergeant isn't bringing confidence to the back line very much. Tim Scowls, 94, said, Cissé is the sole positive. Two strikers works when uh, there's people supporting them, absolutely no one in a 5-3-2. Didn't work earlier in the season, and no idea why Ross thought it was a good idea. Yeah, so those were all the tweets at half-time into us at Orient. Outlook attendance was announced at 3,774, yeah. with 380 away fans making the journey, which is probably you, what you, I expected. Yeah, you said week. that. I thought it would be higher than that, but no, you were right. Nah. So second half started, no subs for the O's, but change of formation. As the O's now lining up 4-4-2. And in the 48th minute, won the first corner of the game for the O's. But that came to nothing. There was a double sub in the 56th as Matt Harold was replaced by Royal Satoriu And Jordan Maguire-Drew coming on for Josh Corson. And it was a final sub for us as Usise was replaced by James Dayton five minutes later. Uh, sorry, six minutes later in the 62nd minute. So Ross using all his subs there Early. by the 62nd minute. For me, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Get your changes done, affect the game early, give the new boys a chance to settle into the game, into the pace of the game, and, uh, and and allow them more time than just the sort of five or ten minutes that a lot of managers think, oh, just go on and change the game like that. Well, I think based on the first half, there's nothing to lose in this. In terms of the first half performance was as poor as what it probably was going to be. Yeah. Second half, give it ten minutes. Still probably not seeing what he wanted to see. So, okay, so let's, let's make yeah, some attacking absolutely. changes. So... Yeah, you can only say, well done, Ross, for that. But in, <coughs> on the flip side, you can say your starting lineup wasn't what you didn't get it right with the starting lineup if you're being critical of him there. So, 66 minute, Dan Happy did amazingly well, actually, to bring the ball down, get it under control uh, following a corner, got under control twice. His goal bound shot was deflected over. Some great skill there from Danny. At this point, you get the feeling that the tide is starting to turn, yes. the formation change is starting to work, yes. new subs are starting to yes. have a bigger influence in the game, Northampton are now getting a bit more tired and starting to sit back more and the onus is now there on Orient to go, right, let's get an equaliser. 100% right, 100% right. Thank you. Good feat for Danny, yeah. for, for a big boy, he, he was very quick, very responsive and uh, it was very impressive, he was just very unlucky, that that bit of skill and that composure, well he deserved a goal, he yeah. deserved that goal, it just wasn't meant to be, but you're absolutely right, you can start to see the tide turning, and the crowd then started to support that when they saw that fight and that determination, and that's all they want to see, is people giving their 100%, 
and none of this sort of flaky, poor passing that we've been gifted, if you look, well, for want of a better word, uh, and I, I mean that sarcastically, in the first half. You know, some of the misplaced passing and some of the lack of, the lack of movement just shows a lack of endeavour. Um, well, I think you get all the players saying how important the crowd are, and it was a, there was a column in the programme yesterday from Rich Everett saying how important the crowd are, and the crowd inspire the players but it works both ways the Correct. players need to inspire the crowd and until that happens you're not going to get the loud Correct. reaction and yeah. it all feeds it's a chicken and off. egg yeah. what comes first you know do the players have to give for us to give back or do we have to give for the players to give back you think that professional footballers would go out there and not have this lacklustre uh, first half for example yeah. so you know um, okay more pressure coming for the O's who were looking for an equaliser and we're going to fast forward now to the 83rd minute where we were awarded a penalty James Brophy swung across him from the left and Wharton as he jumped for the header his arm was up and you could clearly hear that ball smacking his hand <laughs> as clear as you like um, the ball hits hand penalty was awarded now there were some people saying that not from our side but I think from Northampton's side that their man was pushed by Jordan I haven't seen that back, so I don't know for sure. But in real time, his arm was up. So if you're being pushed, your arm's not going to be above your head so much, is it? In real time, it looked like a penalty for me. I've not seen any replays of it, so I don't know. It looked like a penalty. We don't care how they get given for him. As no. long as they get given. So up stepped Josh Wright, who very coolly stepped up, dispatched the penalty to his left-hand side, which went in off the post, giving Cornell no chance as he made it one or. But as Josh was doing his knee slide in the corner, <laughs> uh, there was a huge coming together as JMD grabbed the ball from the goal, looking to get the game restarted. Um, but Walton pulled him down, as in it all turned into a big bundle with James Dayton. At the time, I thought he gloriously rugby tackled Walton, but it turns out, as we mentioned on the Orient Hour on Thursday, that Satori charges in, gives Dayton a little nudge on the back by accident. Dayton's momentum carries him through. And he takes Walton out, which culminates in quite a small medley that got quite a lot of big publicity, actually, in the most national papers the following day. When it all ends, the ref calls both Walton and Dayton up separately. Red cards for both both teams down to 10 men. Yeah. What, a f- what an absolute <laughs> they, they Northampton were kind of getting to that point where they were in the referee's ear all the time, screaming and shouting at him if they would, weren't getting decisions. The ref was a little bit weak. It was actually very weak, actually, because their man for that penalty didn't get a book in, right? So that's an instant yellow card. He didn't get that book in. Uh, I see why the referee sent Dayton off. I've, you know, we've seen it in slow motion at because the time, I filmed yeah. it. But in real time, you can see why. If I was the club, I would be inclined to to appeal that. I don't know if they are or not. But no, he's not. You already served the first one yesterday. So. Of course he did, yeah. I would have been inclined to have appealed it because James has been the good guy and tried to stop their man from doing something more stupid because he pulls down Jordan unnecessarily. There was no need for their man... To, to, to touch Jordan there was no need for him well, you to were saying they were having stop words the ball. beforehand weren't they yeah someone said that they were having words with each other so it, it that makes sense that they were both running to get the ball as quick as they can but I don't know why the Northampton man was trying to stop him from doing it it didn't make sense they were time wasting their goalkeeper got booked for time wasting all this um, oh I'll take the throw in here but actually it should be here and oh someone else will come and take it and the goalkeeper Picks the ball up from the right and walks to the left and and, and left to the right and all the all the all of that non-league nonsense that we saw last year, Northampton Town were doing it just to kill time. Okay. So absolute um, 
absolute, um, you know, for them, uh, got got what they deserved by us having that penalty. Um, and as for their man, absolutely disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. Um, and 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 it's just unfortunate because Dayton was trying to be the peacemaker and the good guy, and ends up coming off with a three game ban. Yeah, that happens. But I'd say, well done, Josh Wright. Big Kahuna's great penalty. So the match in the last... Yeah, that was good because he's just caught the inside of the pe- of the post and I thought that was going out and I literally my heart stopped. Yeah, great. Because I say. thought that he was, he'd was hit it wide. Yeah, But luckily, well. he just hit got it on the right side of the post. Took it really well. So eight minutes of time were added on with DOs continuing to dominate and looking for the <clears> winner. Yeah, they've really shrunk back into themselves now. They're really allowing the pressure, us to pressure them. Have they got one eye on the Derby County FA Cup game that they played... On Friday night, yeah, possibly. Um, question mark. Possibly. 96 minutes, and JMD went close as his shot was tipped over by Cornell. And then Ross Tiriu then had a shot blocked. Sorry, that our tweets are, <laughs> tweets are coming into the podcast, so we keep getting notifications on our phones, hence the pause there. So Satiru had a shot blocked, and from the resulting corner, Dan Happy saw his header go wide as the referee blew his full-time whistle shortly after as both teams ended the match with 10 men. And a share of the spoils. So after the match, Mr. Levy went down to do a bit of post-match with Ross. So he got to speak to Ross quickly. And here's what Ross Embleton said following the Northampton game. Ross, thanks very much for joining us. If ever there was a cliche of a game of two halves, that was probably it. But it took us 65 minutes to get going. It did, yeah. I think the edginess and the nervousness of the first half was clear to plain to see. And that's to be expected. No one wants it. Everyone gets frustrated by it, me as much as anybody else. And, and the same for the lads, you know. It's, um, we, haven't won for, we haven't won enough games this season, so that pressure is always going to increase and going to be, going to be uh, tough to deal with. We've got to find our way through it. And it's nothing that performances like that won't make a little bit easier what we've got to do is try and find and try and discover what's going to help us to build and and start games better because I think this season that's probably been our undoing when we haven't played well we don't quite see those those halves through we don't see those moments through and come out the other side nil-nil and try and put it right at half time we sort of come in having let one goal in and and we give ourselves a mountain to climb again today we pretty much climbed it we got to the top we didn't quite get quite over it to to come out with the points that we felt like we, we deserved and in terms of the formation, you tried something a bit different tonight in the first half, but we ended up pretty much with a 4-4-2. Are we likely to see more changes? Well, it's an interesting one because it was a 4-4-2, but it, in terms of the way we set up the uh, the midfield, it was we, we didn't really have a right... We started the first half, second half with Craig Clay, right midfield, and then when we brought Dates on, we sort of played Dates as a number 10 and never really had anyone out on the right. Marshy was giving us that whip, so we had two up front. I think that was the, uh, the, the good thing in terms of what we did in the second half. We give our, our team a little bit more of a chance to get up the pitch. In the first half, I didn't think we helped... Matty and Connor, I didn't think we helped our, ourselves as a whole team to get up the pitch, put the ball into good areas in order to take the pressure off of us. Whereas in the second half, we give ourselves that, that opportunity and a platform to build. Thank you very much. Well, that was short and sweet there from Ross as he spoke to the beard legend after the game. So that draw, CZO's still at 19th in League 2 as we have played 28, won 6, drawn 10, lost 12 with a goal difference of minus 11. And on 28 points. So, what are your views on the yeah, well, game? As I said, real game of two halves, terrible first half. And the only positive really was how well Marsh did and uh, the fact that Cissé grew into the game. He hadn't played a lot of football, uh, which is why he came off on the hour mark. I commend Ross for making early substitutions. They definitely impacted along with the formation change. Absolutely on board with that. We showed fight. We kept the pressure on Northampton. We made our possession count. We got more crosses into the box. 
the second half was probably one of the best halves that yeah. I've seen in, in some time. Um, and the fight at the end really showed, for me, the players really caring about each other, which I didn't dispute, but the club, yeah. the badge, playing for that and all of that good stuff, and that they're going to fight and, and that they are in it together. Um for me, a special mention. Message, sorry, a special mention for George Marsh and Dan Happy, who were excellent. The subs all did well too, made an impact. I'd like to see Ruel involved against Newport County, either starting him or, or coming on uh, fairly early. I think there's some goals in him. Um, maybe I have my crystal ball out yeah. as I wrote that. Another appalling referee, real non-league standard, lost control, failed to even book their man for the handball and got the red card for Dayton wrong, although I understand why he got that wrong. Yeah, so for me, again, I think I mentioned it, I wasn't overly impressed with the formation we started with, and although you know, I, I wasn't there, it, it sounded like the goal was coming. Um, but fair play to Ross, you know, I've said before, he's new to management, he, he'll make mistakes, and it's all about how he reacts, and how he learns from his mistakes, and he made the changes which influenced the game, and by all accounts, we're unlucky not to go and win the game after we've done the penalty, and based on the second half performance, sounds like we deserve to, to at least get a point. I think well done to Josh Wright for the penalty. Had a bad first half by all accounts, and that can't have been easy stepping out with all the pressure um, in the ground in the 84th minute, because there would have definitely been pressure. Um, and had he missed it, I don't even want to think of what would happen had he missed move, it. Move on. <laughs> in hindsight, you know, Dayton... Was was unlucky to be sent off, but I I get how the referee mm. sends him off. Not a problem with that one. So good second half performance to follow on from now. Um, for me, it was all about carrying that through to Saturday. Don't be negative. Start four four two on Saturday. Go attacking and aim for the three points against Northampton. Very good. So, so that was our. Those were our views. We got a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thank you to everybody who sent their views in uh, to our social media accounts. And again, we'll read out as many as we possibly can, but just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. David BR1035267 tweeted in and said, nice to see us play with a bit of fire and intensity in the last half hour. Satoru made a big difference, and I think we should start with the team that ended the game. See safer datum. Uh, please, Ross, you must have seen the difference from the first half hour to the last half hour. Yeah, Casey Adams, LOFC, says it's generally the same old story. The management set the side up not to lose, get dominated, concede a goal and then go on the attack. How can the players have belief when the management don't? Frank Kane said, first half clearly showed the players a lacking confidence. Nobody wanted the ball and were too scared to make mistakes. The second, 4-4-2 worked. Positive football engaged uh, the fan base and gave the lads much needed confidence. We all need to stick together and believe we can get through this. I have to say that the, the crowd absolutely ramped it up as yeah. the game went on. It was a great atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel underscore D44 said, much better second half, played with passion and commitment. Strange how we had more of an attacking threat once we actually had a few attacking players on the pitch. If we can play like that in both halves, we'd be a good team. It still takes us too many chances to score a goal. Again, we mentioned being clinical in both, both boxes. boxes. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Rayleigh Dave said, disgraceful first half. One formation with the ball, one with out. The end result was confusion with the players out of position, gutless and clueless. Three subs and all change. Playing to feet and running with the ball rather than hoofing it to Harold. Let's hope that Ross has learned something. Conway underscore Nigel said, good point in the end. I think we should play the second half first. Has Luke <laughs> Dennis gone with Lord Lucan? Question uh, mark. Apparently he got a slight knee knock, yeah. a slight knee injury, Ross, uh, Ross had said. Nino Barone, not to us though, uh, Nino Barone 27 said, the first half was disappointing. We seem to start another game hoping to 
uh, rather not concede than to score. However, Ross is still learning as a manager and his substitutions were spot on. Both him and the players gave themselves a good account in the second half. Hashtag Team Ross. Yeah, good tweet. Orient Steve 72. It's a good sub by Ross to change the game, but Josh Wright should have been taken off not given the armband. Need battlers in midfield, not show ponies. Very harsh. He scores the penalty, essentially, had another player taken it and missed. We could be talking about a defeat. Yeah, but then you'd argue that for the first half that he should have been better yeah. and he wasn't alone and should have been better. There should have been others that were better as yeah. well. So as a collective group, they should have been better. Um, but yeah, he stepped up, scored the penalty. So, <coughs> excuse me, that's all that matters. RP Bernstein said, thought Satoru made a difference. A real energetic pest and nuisance up front unsettled their defence. Yeah, good point about Satoru. Steve Hinchcliffe 6 said, Marvin was immense. Ross can't keep dropping him. Build from the back. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The Leachy said, same old story really, yet again. Set up not to lose and end up going behind and scrambling around for a point. Same every game. Negative tactics, very disappointing. Ross needs to show more courage to win. <coughs> Sorry. You okay there? No. <laughs> At Karen Orient says, why do we have to go one down before we show any sort of real passion, effort or commitment? Really need to focus on getting a decent left back so we can unleash Brophy to do what he does best. And hashtag it, just my views. Thank you for your views, Karen. They're always welcome at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. Gary Talbot7 said, so even experienced managers like Keith Curl get it wrong. Sitting on a 1-0 and, and the inexperienced Ross was the one tactically astute... Sorry, let me start again. So even experienced managers like Keith Curl get it wrong. Sitting on a 1-0... And the inexperienced Ross was the one tactically astute in the second half. Ross, for God's sake, play 4-4-2 as default and get anyone with a left peg behind Brophy to start the game as well. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And the final word from Northampton goes to Jagsy1979, who says, you could see the goal coming, but once we got on the front foot and started throwing everything forward, they literally didn't know how to cope with us, which makes it more frustrating. Because why aren't we doing that from the outset instead of waiting until we're behind? So those were all tweets that came into at Orient Outlook on Twitter. Post Northampton, and thank you for sending those tweets over. And sorry if we didn't read yours out. So we're going to move on then to the prediction league. So there's quite a lot of people here that got this score prediction correct. So Nick underscore Clark 99, Steve Chaplin 4, Lismore underscore Ian Smokos, Playback Gammon, Floodgates, Amersham O, B Cross 95, Luke underscore T7, Authentic Gaz, uh, Pills of Doman, Wings Mad, Paul Skinner 88, Mark Soicher, East London Exile, John McNobe. Mac Noby, um that you all predicted one all, but a huge props to Ian Hutchinson eight who predicted one all and Josh Wright to be the scorer. So you get four points, and we'll do the prediction league table update uh, later in the podcast. Yeah. So Wednesday, the twenty second of January, it was a quiet day at the club with no news to report as the fracas from the night before made a few national papers. Always interesting to see how far these things go, and it made as you'd expect the Sun, Standard, Mail, Mirror. Yeah, but blah, what, blah, what surprised blah. me uh, was about the pizza, Papa John's pizza delivery. Someone from the away end filmed it, and that's that's gone viral from, from yesterday's match. Yeah. But we'll move on uh, and not jump so far ahead. We're on Thursday, the 23rd of January. Now, happy 25th birthday to Orient striker Connor Wilkinson. Yeah, happy birthday to Connor. And in, in the evening, the club held their second fans for a meeting of the season. It's Kent Teague, Danny Macklin and Martin Ling met a number of fans to discuss several points raised by the fan base. We look forward to seeing the minutes 
of that meeting come out whenever the club make them available. Yeah, the ladies were in Isthmian League Cup action on Thursday evening and they made it through to the semi-finals after a 4-0 victory over Phoenix Sports thanks to a hat-trick from Sophie Lamarchand and also one for Hayley B. So well done the ladies, yeah, well doing done very well. Well done the ladies, through to the semi-finals so we'll keep a close eye on that one as and when it happens. So moving on, Mooney Friday, 24th of January in what turned out to be a very, very busy day. So in the morning... BBC Sport announced that both the O's and Northampton Town had been charged by the FA for player contact after their mass brawl following Tuesday's game. Both clubs have until the 29th of January to respond, so we'll see what comes out of that one. Yep, at 3.30 the club announced the most fitting tribute to our late title-winning manager by announcing that the West Stand will be named the Justin Edinburgh Stand from Saturday the 25th of January. The club added that thanks to the support of Walsingham, uh, sorry, Walsingham Motor Insurance Limited, new signage, including the logo of the JE3 Foundation, will feature prominently on the stand, allowing all inside the stadium to see it. Yeah, Charlie Edinburgh tweeted by saying, just when I thought I couldn't be any proud of everything my hero achieved, a stand rightly named after him at a club late in Orient, which means so much to him and my family, a heartfelt tribute to my amazing dad <coughs> still making me proud in the sky. So, for me, great touch by the club. It was rumoured, and there were petitions going on, but I wasn't sure if that was actually going to happen in terms of naming the West Stand after Justin, but we were there yesterday. The sign looks great, very fitting, um, and Justin will always be a part of the club, and now his name is loud and proud above the West Stand predominantly and I think it's a very fitting honour to everything that he deserves to be honoured for yeah absolutely you know his name's already in the history book but now it's sealed on yeah. the actual stand so yeah such an amazing event and, and a permanent reminder and a memorial for him as well and well done to the club for allowing this to the Edinburgh family for agreeing to it and for the sponsor who I'm sure are proud to be involved yeah so well done to all involved there Chris Kane underscore 1992 tweeted us an incredible gesture by the club Although it was probably expected by a number of fans to happen, the club acted and it's something that will now be a part of the infrastructure of the ground for all to see. Well done to all concerned. Very good point, Chris. Matty, LOC Evans says, a beautiful tribute here for the memories. Yeah, I like it, Matty. MS Orient says, that stand holds memories, nostalgia, and now to be named after Justin is just simply amazing. Justin will be with his football club for life. Hashtag for the memories. Hashtag our club. Bailey underscore Andrew P said had to be done hopefully can inspire the team yeah good point there you know if they see the sign and get a bit of inspiration from it on a match which isn't going their way then it works well for everyone yep uh, Vince Howard 73 says well done the club and my boss Gary Watson for supporting this now all that's left to arrange is that friendly against Spurs so Vince it's behind us he works for Walsingham Insurance and Gary is the boss of that firm. So well done to Gary for being involved in making that happen. Absolutely. Pank P007 said it remains a tragic loss, but a joyous memorial at the Brea Group Stadium. It is what our great Justin Edinburgh deserved. Hashtag only one Orium. Yep, so that was five that was three thirty and the club weren't done. As at six PM, they announced that goalkeeper Dean Brill has retired from playing football and will be joining the first team coaching staff so Dean said the word retirement is quite a final one but I'm excited to still be a part of this club and hopefully start giving back some of my experience I started my coaching journey a few years ago and it's something I've been looking to get back into the opportunity arose and I'm so excited to take it so we'll speak about the opportunity arising 
very shortly. But first of all, your thoughts on Dino? A bit surprised by it. I yeah. think, judging by how you've read that as well, you were as well. Um, he's fairly recently come out of retirement, made a return to playing. Um, and obviously, we've already got Reese as the goalkeeping coach uh, at the moment. So, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, that said, Dean's been a very, very big part of our recent success. Um, whenever I've spoken to him, he's been honest, open, engaging. So, I'm pleased he's being kept. Uh, obviously, this injury um, to him has obviously probably helped enhance his decision. Um, but uh, yeah, at 34, I still think he probably got a lot to give out on the pitch. But you know, he's got to go with what he thinks is best for himself and, and his family. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a shame it ended on the pitch. You know, like it did, dropped from the first team and then injured yeah. in training. Um, but maybe his injury was worse than he expected, and he just thought it's not, it's not worth it. I want to get back into yeah. coaching. But you know, as a player, I don't think it can ever be underestimated the influence he had on the club. And it's a testament to him that he was in goal for every game that Justin Edinburgh managed. He was the mainstay. He was never dropped for a cup game. He was always at number one. And Justin had great faith in him. And a vital player in that championship winning season. You know, mm. that, that that save away to Aldershot definitely re- made us take three points as opposed to one. And had we not won that night, it could have gone a completely different way. Um, so I wish Dean the best of luck in his new role. Like We're lucky enough to be able to... Sp- to know, not knowing, but we've spoken to him a couple of times. Always comes across well, has a hunger and a desire for coaching. I'm sure he managed, not managed, but he coached one of the games when he first joined as the goalkeeping coach. I'm sure, like when Ross got sent to the stands. Ross was sent to the stands, and we didn't have Justin or Steve during that period. I'm sure Dean Dean held the role over the second half and coached it. I'm sure he did, but I can't quite remember what game it was. But best of luck to Dean. Yeah, absolutely. Lee Madden uh, Navy said it's not fashionable to name a keeper. Player of the season, but he surely was up there. Good luck, Brillo. Yeah, and Steve forecasted when Brillo took over in goal, he changed the team. Probably the single best decision that Justin made, and he didn't let him down. Very nice tweet there from Steve. Absolutely. So we're going to move on then to Saturday, the 25th of January. The main event of the day was Newport County at home. Uh, but before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on uh, on this one. And after 342 votes in 24 hours, 21 were cynical enough to think we were well, not cynical enough but thought we were going to lose basically 23% on the draw but a huge 56% thought we'd get a win uh, yeah. against an informed Newport County side so thank you to everybody who voted on Twitter that goes up Thursday evening it only lasts for 24 hours so uh, if you're interested keep your eyes on Twitter around sort of 6, 7 o'clock on a Thursday evening although we're an orient hour so Whenever it went out a bit later, but yeah, yeah, let's move on. So before the kickoff and before the team was announced, rumours started circulating on good old social media that Danny Webb has been stood down as first team coach, allegedly for a disagreement after the Northampton Town game. So obviously everyone was there yesterday, and probably everyone knows Danny wasn't at the game against Newport, which added more fuel to the fire. And we understand that Danny Webb is currently on gardening leave. And we are hoping, as well as all fans, that the club will put out an update on the matter shortly that will clarify what's actually gone on. Because there's lots of different reasons being given here, there and everywhere by everybody and nobody. And no doubt, probably, what's going on is probably wrapped up in some kind of legal proceedings as it stands. But we would expect an update shortly on that. But again, we understand Danny Webb currently on garden leave at Leighton Orient. Yeah, um, so the rumours are true. Um, that has happened. I was very surprised by this, actually. Uh, from from my perspective, I started getting sort of a couple of messages on this. I was like, no, that can't be. That can't be true. But 
something for, for someone to be sort of put on gardening leave that, that's obviously something quite severe um, so it'd be interesting to see what the club will actually be able to say about that because as you just said no doubt there'll be some non-disclosure agreement or, or some sort of curfew on what's, uh, what's, what's actually allowed to be said because it probably will go legal yeah absolutely I guess we'll see what happens with that one so keep an eye peeled for news of that so the team was announced at 2pm so Sargent started this one in goal with Marsh, Happy, Ekpeteta and Brophy at the back right Cissé, Clay and JMD midfielder Sosorio and Wilkinson up top on the bench for this one Vigaru, Widowson, Sweeney, Judd Kiprianu, Harold and Angle so for me at the time again you see all the pictures of the team lining up. You see the graphic that the club put out. It looked like a four-three-three, but I was hoping it wasn't. I was hoping it was a four-four-two or a four-three-one-two. It looked like it was actually a four-one-three-two in the end that we lined up with. But good to see Widowson back on the bench along with Angle, because considering we've got three fullbacks on the bench and the left winger as a left back and the central midfielder as a right back. Again, it comes back down to if you're going to put them on the bench, should you not be starting them? However, we digress. Your I thoughts? guess no, it's not a digression at all. I think it's probably they're the backup on a worst case scenario. In that, in in this particular instance, they're not necessarily game changers. But for me, it, I thought it was a four four two. A couple of people I spoke to um, on the way to the ground thought it was a, it was a four three three. Um, I was on the phone to you at the time as well. You thought it was a 4-3-3. Uh, good options on the bench. And I'm also glad that Ross has stuck with uh, Sam Sargent in goal because there's a lot of chat in the pub and, and on the way to the ground about whether or not Sargent ought to keep his shirt yeah. after a poor performance on Tuesday night. And my argument to those that said that was, hold on a minute, he's, he's had one off game and made more saves in games that's kept us in games and stopped us getting pummeled. Um, so you can't just like drop him just because he had like a few kicks that went wrong and, and yeah. arguably... He was no worse than anybody else in the team. Goalkeeper makes a mistake. It genuinely, generally leads to a goal. Striker makes a mistake. It doesn't lead to us conceding a goal more often than not. So I thought it was quite harsh that people thought that Sarge after Tuesday should be dropped given, you know, looking at it not on a game-by-game -game basis but over a period of time. that he's been, he's been very good value for money. So I'm pleased that Ross kept with him um, and he repaid that and it was good. Yeah, OK. So a few tweets before the match. LOFC 1978 tweeted us. I said, does anyone know who's playing where to the players? Does Ross? Question mark, question mark. Yeah, Alan Reeves too said, if Widdison is fit for the bench, then he's fit enough to start. Absolute waste of Brophy at left back. No natural fullback starting, yet two on the bench. I do think Ross is overthinking this. Yeah, so those are tweets that came into us before the game. At 2.45, it was the naming ceremony as the West Ham became the Justin Edinburgh stand as Justin's wife, Kerry, and children, Charlie and Sydney, were present on the balcony for this special ceremony. Now, as Paul was in the press box and I was in the south stand, we actually both went live on our social media I Twitter account at the same time. So there's two different angles of the ceremony. So if you missed it, you can go back on our Twitter feed to watch. It was only short, but it was very good and very emotional. And well done to the club for sorting it out so swiftly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the match kicked off on a cold January uh, Saturday afternoon uh, as our little South Stand power James Houghton uh, was mascot he led the O's out who were looking to build yeah I saw him as he come out he looked at the South Stand and he's given it the player clap like above the Legend. head both hands clapping very very professional um, and we were looking to build on the great second half performance in midweek against an informed Notts County who were looking for their fourth win 
on the trot. Now, Notts County? Sorry, Newport County. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Newport County. Now, two of the Newport starting 11 had to come off, uh, had to come out of the uh, starting 11 uh, before the game for injury. And one of them had a suspected heart problem. So, our oh, medical. Where did you find this out? Where did you find this out? I was in the lift with the Newport County guy. Right, okay. And he said, like, one of our guys, um, I can't remember who it was, okay. one of the two, he said, yeah, your medical team. The Orient medical team looked him over, and they're not they're not happy. So he's pulled out. So, yeah, yeah bit of inside information yeah, well for you there. Um, XO Tristan Abraham lined up against us, and from the media gantry, it looked like a four one three two with Us as the uh, defensive midfielder and Josh Wright, um, JMD, and Craig Clay uh, forming that three with uh, Ruel and um, Connor Connor up top. Um, so we were trying to get a Newport early we started off on the front foot we started off really positively not letting them bring their game to us very very good I thought we had a lot of the ball I, I don't know if it was as positive as what you think it was mm. like I thought it was okay like Newport was just sitting back where we had a lot of possession back and forth round back and forth and round um, first chance really in the 13th minute mm-hmm. so no real chances before that and Satoru crossed to JMD he was unmarked in the 18 yard box but he blazed over but it took us 39 minutes in the Northampton Town game to register our first shot. So, for me, that's a, that's a vast improvement that we're 13 minutes in uh, and getting that shot. For me, on that, though, he should have done much better. I think he'd be quite disappointed that he's blazed over from there. But four minutes later in the 17th minute, decent build-up play for the O's as we're settling into, the heart, into their half. The ball came out to James Brophy, who had a shot from 25 yards that wildly went over. And two minutes later, Marvin Ekpeteta had to be alert and get his head on the end of a dangerous yeah. cross. Done well, well there. Very well. Very well. So 20th minute from the first Orient Cup corner. The Newport keeper King made an outstanding save from an unorthodox CESA effort as he kind of hooked it over his body uh, in, in some weird fashion because he's got <laughs> such a long body. Um, and he tipped over the bar well. And then four minutes later, again, King made another good save as a JMD cross comes shot from the left-hand side. Took flight into the wind. And forced King to make a very good outstretched save, which gave us our second corner. JMD looking quite dangerous. dangerous. JMD is he's as frustrating as he is brilliant at points. That's the best way I can say it. So we'll see what happens. Well, we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, he came off yesterday. I'd be interested to see what happens with him in the next game, whether he starts him or puts him on the bench. Interesting. It'd be very interesting. Uh, we look to be playing a fluid formation of 4 3 3 and 4 1 3 2. I noticed at this point. So from the media gantry, you get quite well. You get a bird's eye yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of it all. Uh, Thirty-three minutes on the clock. This is just over the half hour mark now. Jordan picked the ball up in midfield, drove forward, uh, and his shot uh, was well saved by King. And and very good from Jordan. He's really starting to to get in this game and, and really look to do something. I thought he was quite clever there because he runs at his defender, and you think he's going to cut inside, but he doesn't. It takes him on the outside and then shoots and it was a good shot and it was a good save so again Jordan looking very much like the danger man for the O's at this point I'd say Suturio was doing well but he was having to drop very deep to get the ball so he wasn't creating much although he was winning the O's a lot Wilkinson again was out finding himself out around the right hand side so when we were attacking he was so deep for winning the ball he wasn't up there so the main threat appeared to be from Jordan I would say in the first half and there wasn't much to talk about for the rest of the half Newport I did start thinking they were coming into it a bit more as the half was getting towards an end and from every set piece you're thinking right we just have got to defend and not concede anything silly 
but we looked all right. So we had a lot of possession, just side to side waiting to drag them out of position, but not really creating much for the rest of the half. So two minutes of additional time were added on, and the referee blew the half-time whistle with the game goalless. Yeah, a solid first half from us. Majority of the possession was us, and chances were us. And you wouldn't think that Newport with a team in 11th is what I was thinking. Uh, they really haven't made Sam Sargent work at all, which is a good sign for me. Yeah, quite comfortable. <clears throat> so we probably let that cutting edge slightly, apart from JMD, I think, or who, again, was the one who looked like he might unlock the defence. must say, we mentioned it earlier in the pod, but I did enjoy the entertainment being in front of the South Stand. So great to see. wonder if that will happen in the next game, because it's normally in front of the North Stand. So I'm not sure why it was moved to the South Stand, but it went down well. Good crowd engagement. So fun to watch at half time. Good, very good indeed. So there were uh, five thousand and eighty four in attendance yesterday, with four hundred and twenty seven of those uh, travelling over from South Wales. There were no changes for the O's at half time, so it was as you were. Yeah, forty eighth minute, a lengthy break in play as Newport defender Mark O'Brien went down injured and needed medical attention. <clears throat> For quite a while, and amazingly, he was okay to continue. Yeah. Like at one point, we thought he'd been knocked out or like bitten his tongue. He was down That's for a long time, and then he he kind of like just stood up and like shook it off, and then was like he was alright. I was amazed he was allowed to continue, considering like when the physio was laying on the floor, his head yeah. end, you think, oh yeah, he's like he's unconscious yeah. or his tongue's gone or something really serious and you could see the oxygen tank coming out and being I didn't know if they put the mask on in the end I didn't see because the bodies were round but yeah and absolutely and, and I think in this half as well Newport had tried to come out and get at us obviously their their manager had come out had gone in at half time and said like stop sitting back get at them get out yeah, be strong course. and be on the front foot uh, wasn't really much to talk about for the, for the next 15 minutes both teams having possession but not really creating much and on the hour mark Former Orient striker Tristan Abrahams was substituted. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't really do much. Tristan, I thought we kept him quiet. I think he nabbed his hamstring quite early on in the game. Didn't Did he? he? Yeah, he wasn't. I missed that. Wasn't moving as well as what he probably should have done. So okay. he didn't do much. But I think you made a note saying we, we're trying to force the game now onto Newport and mm. mention Satoya at that point playing very well. He did look like the main spark in the second half. Jordan went a bit quiet, like we said, the enigma that is Jordan from having a really good, dangerous first half. It suddenly became all about Satoya in the second half and Jordan kind of fell out of the game I think if I'm being honest mm. without one 64th minute more good build up play from us saw so 1-2 combo between Brophy and Josh Wright it was good that won us a throw deep into Newport's half and from that throw Brophy eventually got the ball he drove into the box and his shot was saved by the keeper so that's good we've been more direct uh, here which is a complete contrast to the first half at Northampton um a big chance for us, for Newport, sorry, in the 68th minute uh, from a corner. Matt, uh, Jamil Matt headed over from close range. Should have scored. On the highlights, that is a terrible miss. That is some terrible defending from Orient. That is the chance that teams normally put away against us. And if that goes in, then it's 1-0 to them in the 68th minute. Sergeant came, completely missed it. And then Sergeant appeals for the foul. And then doesn't get it. Um, Matt really should have scored that. Very lucky. But maybe a sign of times are changing that, you know, team normally gets one chance and puts it away against us. What we were saying on the Orient Hour on Thursday is that that was their big chance at 0-0 and they missed it. So hopefully a change of fortunes for the Orient. Yeah, and we were starting to play some decent football in the 76th minute. Jordan's direct corner forced King to make a save. What now? I don't know if he actually meant that. Not a chance. Um, or the wind might have taken Wins. it or what, what not. But his, his, his corner kick has curved in. And, and, and Kings had to make that save. So, 
audacious. Didn't know why you meant that. No way you meant that. Of course he did. Of course he would. 77th minute then. So JMD was replaced by Lee Angle as Rossito at this point went on to the left. Angle went into the middle and Wilkinson on the right. Ross looking to take the game now to Newport, giving Angle 15 minutes to try and win the game. Yeah, I mean, sort of, obviously we're going sort of 4-3-3 now, looking to try and really impose ourselves there. I thought JMD had, had one of his best games I've seen for quite some time, actually. Say first half, yeah. Second mm. half, I don't think he'd done much for me, but first mm. half, he did look did look dangerous. Mm. And he needs to do that more often, like we speak about. He is, him and Brophy are two most attacking players. JMD needs to take the ball by the horns, especially when Brophy's at left-back and lead that team forward up the pitch, because that ultimately is what will be judged on. So for me, yeah, that's what I said, 79th minute, good footwork from Rossitori. He picked up Conor Wilkinson's wild shot and his cross was dangerous and their defender put the ball out as we won a corner on our right-hand side. Yeah, he skewed that a little bit and the ball was sort of gone. Sotori did well though to keep the ball in play. Focus, yeah, yeah well absolutely done. switched on. Good anticipation from him. He's been a real nuisance in that 18-yard box, getting his shots away when he can, making runs, moving players out of position, making himself available. He's probably a defender's nightmare, a real defender's nightmare out there. Uh, in the 80th minute, uh, we took the lead uh, from a Brophy, uh, Brophy corner. James delivered the ball. Um, uh, sorry, James Brophy's delivery was headed in at the back post. Now, it's been given to Ryan Haynes under pressure from Marvin Ekpeteta, but the way I saw that was that was Ekpeteta's goal. And the way you saw it from in the south stand at that corner post... I've got no idea, no idea why that's an own goal. Uh, in the south side, it looked like Marvin headed it in. On TV, it looks like Marvin headed it in. So someone has seen it and given it as an own goal. It looks like clear as day, like a Marvin goal. But to me, more than deserved on the balance of play. Like I said, we've been unlucky in games. Seems we've been clinical against us. But Newport missed their big opportunity. We took ours. Route one goal from a set piece. Got to say, the corner is fantastic because it's yeah. in the area where the keeper isn't quite sure whether he should come for it. He doesn't. And Marvin just makes his run perfectly. Great. Well done, Marvin. I'm giving that goal to Marvin. Yeah, I, I would as well. Huge tension release as well. Um, and I think that's what our performance has deserved. The goal late in the game should really, we're thinking sort of 80 minutes, I was talking to a guy next to me, you know, you think 80 minutes in, in, in the game, you know, you've scored, it, it should probably sort of end the game. But um, this is the Orient way, so it doesn't always end that way. And I genuinely thought... Marvin had scored yeah. that goal. Yeah, so 83rd minute, and the O's were looking for a second great build up play. So Connor Wilkinson flick a clearance pass out wide into space for Satoru, who drove a goal. His shot went out for a corner, and followed by James Brophy's shot that went just wide shortly after. Yeah, Ruel Satoru picked up a needless booking in the 86th minute for kicking yeah, the ball away. Yeah, a bit away. of a silly booking there, but that's the exuberance of youth. And two <laughs> minutes later, so Mr. Satoru made it 2 0, as this time. Well, a great team goal really. Angle starts it all off by winning the ball. He's got his back to. He's got he his got back played to into the, trouble, didn't he? He did. He done really well, but he's got his back to what's going on ahead of him and just plays a a ball again. He'll say he knew Wright was there, but plays a forward curling pass into the path of Josh Wright on the right hand side. Wright, to be fair, controls it really well. Looks up, but great a dinger of a cross into the oncoming Satoru, who finished it first goal. time. Great finish from Satoru, even though it does take a deflection and two 0 Bang, deserved, game done, well done to Tyrion. Well done, Lee Angle, because he'd been. It, we we it looked like we were going to turn possession over. But yeah. He kept his composure. He kept his good feet. Used that, 
and then he's literally just chipped that ball out down the channel to, uh, to Josh Wright. He's got some good pace. He's whipped that ball in really nice. I've seen that goal from from two or three different angles now. That's a superb cross, and, and, and he obviously knew that Ruel was going to be at the back yeah, post. Yeah, of course. Um, because there was enough power on that to make it go to the back post. Oh, so. we've said a lot about attackers not taking a gamble, but Satoru is, is there. He's in the right position. He's made his run there, taken the gamble. Yep. The ball's come in, finished it well. No more than he has deserved. Well done, Satoru. <coughs> With Brisbane Road rocking, there were seven minutes of time added on. In the 91st minute, Liango had space, but he scuffed his effort. And a minute later, it was a double sub for the O's, as arguably our two best players on the day. Royal Sotorio and Usise were replaced by Hector Kiprianu and Matt Harold. Lots of fight and purpose since we scored the first goal. And we've sniffed blood, really been going for it. Yeah, I think for me, I think we're all seized up. So hopefully he's okay, and that'll be the main question there for Tuesday. And I thought Cisse was absolute class and already we've got a oose, which sounds like everyone's booing but they're not they're just shouting out oose. love it love it so from out of nowhere then with it being Orient Newport obviously pulled a goal back as a free kick was swung into basically two of their players three at the back post and Jamil Matt headed in from close range and very very poor goal really poor goal to concede quality ball into the box but against one of those where Sargent doesn't know if he's coming or going defenders don't know what's going on they're two men waiting there easy header and suddenly from being really easy and really straightforward we've now got four minutes to wait to play out absolutely <laughs> we're not going to sit and wait four minutes um, I think it's poor that we've switched off again it looked like Harold and Happy were the two marking men I spoke to Reese Otley afterwards um, and I said like it looked from where I was at that Sam sh- could have should have come out for that yeah. but he said he's looked back at it and you think that the defend like Sam was right yeah. to stay there and the defenders have just really let him down, down by, yeah. by, by not going for that so uh, luckily that goal doesn't have that much as it turns out a detrimental impact on us other than the fact that we've obviously not kept a clean sheet because we're two goals to well, the Well I was going to say the clean sheet would have been a massive just Bonus, as massive yeah. as the winning like we said a very nervy four minutes in which the referee seemingly didn't want to bring the game to a close he mm. had ample opportunities and most of the ground going absolutely crazy at him to blow his whistle it was like 10 minutes oh, one off for 11 ages, minutes man. wasn't it one yeah. off for age but he Instead finally blew his whistle as the O's won their first home game since the 12th of October their first win of the decade and perhaps most fittingly their first win playing under the Justin Edinburgh stand as rocking all over the world was finally played at Brisbane Road again so Paul again Mr Media Man was there to speak to Ross yesterday and here's what Ross said to Paul post Newport Ross thanks very much indeed for joining us and I think as I just said to you just before I started recording outstanding performance to a man yeah um, we've asked of um, asked of the boys uh, I suppose a better game management uh, at times when we're under a little bit of pressure or when we're not playing particularly well and I think something for myself as a, as a head coach probably have to learn that when you're playing at this level we have to understand that there's going to be moments in the games when we're not performing brilliantly and it's how we get through those sticky moments and we ain't done that well enough this year we concede at those sticky moments we concede when we're under a little bit of pressure we nearly done it in the first half and right he hooked it away just before half time but we showed a good resilience today and I was really pleased with that as well as some of the moves that we put together yeah a lot of good passing and moving but we came out the, the, and started the game strongly yeah. rather than allowing us to go behind what, yeah what, what, what was what's changed how have you managed to change that I think it's trying to send the boys out there with a bit more of a positive mindset and, and, and for all of us to understand that we're not going to go out maybe all the time and and, and be the, the team that grabs hold of the game I've said it before to Dave that um, last year we were always pretty much the better 
better team, the better most of the better players on the pitch so we could come out here and really get on the front foot take the game to your position well we're playing at a different level now and we've got some very good players but so have the opposition so it's really important that we respect that and perhaps that's something that we haven't done well enough this year I think um, it's it's a, it's building a resilience to, to uh, take the pressure off of ourselves and I thought there was times today where we passed the ball and took the pressure away and there was times today where we cleared our lines and people worked hard to get us up the pitch and, and it's it, it, I suppose there's never one exact answer to it, but it's trying to get that decision-making right to make sure that we, uh, we we take the pressure off at times. And you started off with two midfielders in, in defence and uh, obviously ceased played pretty much all, all the game. And then uh, Ruel had his first start and he did very well and didn't let you down by grabbing his own goal. Yeah, I didn't know it had gone in, I'll be honest. I couldn't see through through everything that was going on. I thought it had gone behind the goal, but I soon uh, soon got wind of it once everybody was jumping up and down around me. So absolutely delighted for him because um, he worked really hard today. And when we put the ball forward, he he, he worked areas and positions of the pitch that, that, that took the pressure off us. So I'm delighted for him that, that, he's, that he's, you know, he's made that start here at home. I'm delighted for him that in the performance he's put together, but I'm even more pleased for everybody that he was the one that got on the score sheet. Games are coming thick and fast. We've got crew Tuesday night. Um, obviously, don't need to remind you there's only six days left of the transfer window. Yeah. Do you expect anyone to be in? I would I'd, I'd certainly expect some people to be in by the end of the transfer window. Um, it's been a very surreal period because of the, um, you know, we feel like we've got very close on occasions to bringing players in, and for whatever reason, numerous reasons, it hasn't happened. People have taken other options. People have, you know, uh, been given, I suppose, what they would perceive as better opportunities and moved on there. So um, we were very, very close to getting a couple of things done yesterday, and, and the parent clubs of the players that we were trying to bring in sort of put the brakes on. So um, I know Martin's got some calls to make over the next couple of days, and I'm hoping that Monday. Tuesday we'll, we'll have a few new fresh faces whether they're eligible in time to go to crew or not will we'll remain to be seen but, but certainly in, in before the, the window closes Thank you very so much So that's Paul speaking to Ross Embleton for the second time in a week so well done there to Mr Levy thank you to Ross Thank you to Ross yeah. Thank you to Dan Walker for sorting those interviews out <coughs> and so Mr Levy we go on to your views no we don't we can talk about we the league table, table sorry first, yeah. that win those precious three points mean the O's are now 17th in League 2, nine points above the bottom placing, which is yes, great. great. So we start. have now played 29, won seven, must see another one get added to that six, won yes. seven, drawn 10, lost 12, goal difference of minus 10, 31 points. Like we said, nine points clear of that bottom place finish. So, Mr. Levy, your views on yesterday? Yeah, um, wow, it was my first thought. We needed that. It's been 105 wow. days. Or 15 weeks since our last win at home, which was on October the 12th. What a different game. We started off on the front foot. It was interesting. It was exciting to watch. And we should be starting every game this way. Interesting that Ross went with two midfielders in Marsh and Brophy at fullback. And I initially was thinking we were going to go with a 4-4-2. But from my view in the media gantry, we had a fluid 4-1-3-2 with Cissé as the holding midfielder, which then allowed Clay and Wright to push forward and spring an attack. And then 4-3-3. Lots of standout players today. Marsh at right back did very well for me. Marv, Cissé, Sitoriu. I think it's probably unfair to leave people out. But I thought JMD had played had one of the best games I've seen him play. And we were the far better side, in my opinion, for at least 80% of this game. And some of our passing and movement was really was a real joy to watch at times. And with Sergeant barely having a save to make, and with our players switching off at the end for their goal, it's a shame we just yeah, couldn't keep that a clean sheet. That is a shame. Massive shame. 
this week has given this week has really given us a platform to build on as we go to a good side on Tuesday night and a must win next Saturday. You know we've got four points out of six in this week. If you'd have said to me. Uh, at the start of those, I'll give you four points out of the six. I'd have bitten your hand off. I'll so, say the same again this week. Take it again. I 100% agree. All day long. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I thought the first half was a little nervy at points. F- football was patient. And we looked, although we looked defensively sound, I thought only JMD really looked like creating something in the first half. The second half, much better. More intent. I think the first goal was always going to be the crucial goal. And once we got the goal, we looked more confident. And obviously, once you score the first goal, then they have to come at you. And their goalkeeper stops wasting time. And all the tactics that you get when it's nil-nil go out the window because they need to get something back so that opened it all up second goal was quality and like you said it's a shame we couldn't keep a clean sheet I think for me the three stand up players were Marsh at right back Cissé who I thought was immense done all the the nitty gritty stuff all the stuff that goes unnoticed he's done it top notch you know he just won the ball just passed it out to the other midfielders and just held his lines but it was great and Satori played really well chased down everything that he had to chase down a bit similar to Bond although no way way comparing him to Bond at all yet I agree but with it was you. a very Bond-esque performance yeah. he'd done well I thought the result was very apt given the pre-match events and well done to all involved in naming the Justin Edinburgh stand great to bump into at Alan Mackler 1 pre-match uh, who was down to watch shows from Glasgow so hope you enjoyed the day uh, always good to see an O's win get asked for a selfie which is a <laughs> podcast second because it's only happened once before and something now to really build on. Like we said, four points out of six. Let's do that again this week. Nine points now, clear, bottom place. And this win will now take the pressure off. So we're going into crew, nothing to lose because everyone expects us to essentially to lose. lose that game. Yeah. So let's go for it. You know, see what Ross lines up with the team and hopefully we get the point. So we asked for Express Yourself and we only disappointingly got one in. So this is a new idea that we've had. We've done it. We've dropped it done the last it couple of years. Yeah. So you can send us voice memos if... Uh, Twitter isn't enough characters to get what you want to say and so only one this week is from the uh, the man that is Andy Gilson the man who probably most O's fans know so this is what Andy Gilson messaged us today Hi Steve hi Paul just uh, Andy Gilson here just to say what a great performance I thought that was uh, Raw Soterio for me the standout player yesterday running at defences causing all sorts of problems lovely touch I think he's a player destined for good things Great team performance yesterday. Thoroughly deserved three points. And onwards and upwards for the O's. Thank you there to Andy. That's Andy Gilson's podcast debut for the Orient Alex. Thanks to Andy. And if you want your voice mentioned next week, all you've got to do is send us a voice memo. Details are on our Twitter account. So your views... They came into at Orient Outlook. There were lots of them yesterday. We'll mention what we can. So starting off with Alb5399, who said a massive win for us, but got to make sure our next home win isn't in another three months, hoping this is a turn in form for us. Kay Showing said, well done, Orient. The monkey's off our back now. Played for the win today, not just defended against the loss. Huge difference in attitude. Bang great on. point. Bang great on. Great point. George yeah. Nicholas underscore one said, great to see us, see us be the team in ascendancy for most of the game. Cissé will get better and better Rule should keep his place I'm very pleased with the work rate from the lads just need them three or four plays to come in and we have real optimism buzzing great point about Cissé I mean this is second start in a week he made the sub appearance against Port Bell like he will get better as he gets fitter Correct. he still probably isn't 100% match fit but I'm very uh, impressed with what I've seen so far he's fit he's just not match fit yeah. and there's obviously a big difference there David Barrett 6 Said Cissé is just what we needed. Thought Ross not taking Rule off was was brave, but ultimately the right decision. He has that bit of pace that gets him in front of a defender. 
both will only get better. Sloppy goals yeah. concede, though. Uh, record blew up. I think we played reasonably well. Much improved from Tuesday. Felt Marsh, Cissé, Wright and Rule did very well. Clay needs navigation lessons with his passing today. Overall, thought we deserved it. At Essex Biz said, we'll, well, we'll all be rocking all over the world this evening. Great performance from the O's with lots of positives. Great to see us build on this second half display against Northampton. I hope all the fans will get behind Ross now as this win could be the turning point. Yeah, Dan Boy underscore Clarks and massive three points and a win at home. Cissé looks like the player we've been missing. Rule must start on Tuesday. <coughs> Worked tirelessly. I think, the, I think the only thing about Rule, hopefully, is that it was cramped or it wasn't that bad when he pulled up. Fingers he, crossed he starts on Tuesday. I saw him post-match and he said he was cramping up. Oh, fine. Okay. Another exclusive there on the podcast. There you go. Luke underscore T7 said, we're on top most of the game. We should have had a clean sheet too. So that was unfortunate to concede later on. Cissé fully deserved man of the match. His heading ratio, I'm sure, 100% last two games, not missed one. We've been begging for a consistent score and I think Satoru is our man. Massive congrats to Shadrach Oji, not just getting second clean sheet in two games, but also scoring his first professional goal today. Uh, hashtag bring him back. Yeah. He's on loan at Dover Athletic under Andy Hessenthaler at the moment and that is a very good goal. He done very well. So yeah, two games for Dover, two clean sheets, good finish yesterday. One goal in his goal, and left back. yeah, so he's doing well. Alabi played full ninety minutes again as Eastley lost again. So Alabi, two games, no goals, two losses. <laughs> Gorillas nineteen eighty five said, "What a glorious day!" West Ham renamed to Justin Edinburgh stand, a home win, and I got a prediction right for the first time this season. Cissé <coughs> was immense. Satorio and Wilkinson worked well together. Oh. And I'm on a train home full of West Ham fans who have been knocked out of the FA Cup. Hashtag in Ross Retrust. For me, I thought, and I, don't, I thought I put it in my notes, but I obviously didn't. That front three, and I know the game was near the end, but I thought Satori on the left, Angle in the middle, and Walkerson on the right-hand side looked very, very good together. They seemed to understand each other's games very well, and it was They're good movement. Different, aren't they? Different, trickly, niggly movement that's the three if we are to play the three up front on Tuesday that is the three I would like to start with with JMD on the bench and go right if you need to play something you can get on a bit later just to I thought that three worked really well for me yep good point Mark Soitcher said a much improved performance and a deserved three points the perfect way to introduce the Justin Edinburgh stand really happy Ross went 4-4-2 as it allowed us to create chances from the start and big Marv should have been man of the match I mean Mark Marv hasn't been mentioned in anyone's kind of you know Standard performances, well. but he did do well. Yeah, Kid Samson, no. It's a limited opposition, but we managed to make hard work of it because we need about eight chances to score. <laughs> Cissé is the player we have been crying out for. Amazing the difference having a midfielder who can actually tackle makes five more good, good League Two players and we'd be half decent. PD006P said, Impressed with Satoru. The biggest compliment that I can pay him is that it reminds me of Bond. Chases everything. And he's good around the box. Yeah, good point. Marcus Maynard says, more direct running needed, more responsibility needs to be taken in the final forward, more composure needed to see the game out in the closing stages. That said, loving three points. Satiru, Ekpateta, Happy and Cece all looked excellent. Orient Dave said, controlled the game. A lot of positives to take from today and a good platform to build from. Cece, a breath of fresh air, brings composure and can dictate the pace. Uh, look like everyone knew their jobs can see momentum building now hope so Dave big ads LOFC the podcast sponsor so it's Newport 11th Northampton 6th and after today's results we've got 4 points if you can't see a positive you are not human Chris W underscore 1 said what a performance from each player everyone put in a shift today the Orient Express still has a rocky rail to get through we'll get through it for Justin 
Here for the hashtag here for the memory. Les OK52 says an excellent win, two points. One, George Marsh is getting better every game, and I'd be trying to sign him permanently. Two, Cissé is a beast and could be our Vincent company. Great performances against a direct long ball team who only had long throws as a threat. Vince Howard, 73, said, well, that was a performance Justin would have been proud of. Ruel throughout, uh, sorry, Ruel though stood out for me. So much energy and was a right handful. Just hope that the injury was more cramped than anything else. I believe it was yeah. just cramped. And Neil Sanson says a good all-round performance and well-deserved win. Shame we conceded as they never really threatened. Think Sam's place must be under threat now because he's talking about Sam Sargent. Lovely irony that as the corner was floated in from after score. The South Stand was singing, here's to you, Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, we were. I, from what I remember, we were. Yeah, good point there. Good point, Neil. Dave M1812 said, great result and performance. Proof we can survive in this league. CC looks like the midfielder we've been looking for. He freed up Clay and Josh to do what they do best. Marsh and Brophy did well, but a left and right back will give us more options elsewhere. Yeah, so I'd be very surprised if we don't sign a left back this week. I yeah. guess we'll talk about transfer deadline in a minute, but I mean, that's... That you look at the squad and you go, you really need a left back more than any yeah. other position on the pitch. Orient Fan TV says every O's player put a shift in today and got the win they deserved. Couldn't have wished for a better performance. Four points from the last two home games is just what we needed. One week left the transfer window to find you in the squad, and then we'll be fine for the rest of the season. I am underscore Mo said very happy with Cisse. Hand him a permanent deal now. Much better performance today. Thought Newport were poor and come for a point. Amazing how their keeper sped up his kicks once they went a goal down. Yeah, good point. Pandemonium, 1881. So deserved victory built on a spirited performance. Most, if not all, of the players put a shift in and did what was required. Simple formation, simple football, bits of quality alongside hard work through the thirds and it was job done. Uh, dear Stu said uh, in the penultimate tweet this week, Fantastic win and well deserved. The tempo was fantastic, and had it not been for their goalkeeper, we could have been two or three up in the first half. Fantastic hits from JMD. Cissé was very impressive, but man of the match for me was Ruel, who was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and the final word this week goes to at Boatsy, who said today's win is so so important. We actually set out to play to win rather than sit back and concede and react. We were proactive rather than reactive, and four points from two home games really gives a platform to build on. Credit to the players and to Ross. So those were everybody's views for the Newport County game. Do you agree or disagree with those tweets that we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can email us orientoutlook at outlook.com. Yes, yeah, time for a prediction league update. Lots of correct winners on this one. So Dave M1812, Chris W underscore one, David Barrett six, Tino Lesurf, Steve Chaplin four, PM31970, Derby507, The Authentic Gaz, Essex Biz, Pills the Dome and Paul WE underscore UK, Layton's finally 73, and Tony underscore Antonio all predicted 2-1, getting three points. But Rule Satori, SZN, at Gorillas 1985, Mark Schweitzer, Lennon 4, Wins Mad, Flatass underscore C, Neil Sanson, and Down underscore underscore South, all predicted 2-1, and one score us to get four points. But John Ban 6306547 predicted 2-1, and both Marvin and Satori to score, getting the maximum Amazing. five points. So well done to everyone there. Yeah, round of applause is very like, apt. Ruel and Marv to score, that's like just a bit too random to be... We're keeping Marv as a, as a scorer. No matter what the official stat is saying, Marvin goes down in our books as getting the goal. Meaning, top of the prediction league, we have joint people at the top now. 19 points, East London Exile and Steve Chaplin for one point behind on 18 points is Floodgates. And on 16 points, Spenno 011 
and at Wings Mad. So thank you for all your predictions this week. And in the upcoming week, there'll be two chances to get points on yep. the board. That is absolutely right. So Sunday the 26th of January, a quiet day at the club. No ladies match to talk about, so let's wrap this up. Yeah, so we thought this would be 1 hour 15. We're currently 1 hour 19, so slightly overtime, but not too bad. So Fantasy Football Update, Andy Chalk is top of the on-outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, on 1,472 points. He's ahead of David Cummings in second place on 1,427 points. I am having an absolutely miserable season. I haven't got myself sent to play again, so nothing's going on for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm podding my pants out. I need to players. Do it next week, mate. Yeah, well, we might have a special <laughs> guest on, so maybe not. Dream Team update then. Our Hawks is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Dream Team League on 1,380 points. Just ahead of Ben Boatman in second place, who's 13 points behind him. Steve's 32nd out of 87. Dropped... Drop down a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so positives and negatives of the week. So I'll do positives this week. So firstly, first home win since 12th of October. The monkeys are well and truly off our backs now. True. Secondly, we said it last week, we would have taken four points out of six. So a great week for us taking four points out of six against the teams who were six and 11th respectively. In Doing like, well, solid. Yes, good results. we said earlier. And lastly, we mentioned it throughout the podcast, but the naming of the Justin Edinburgh stand. So well done to everyone who made that happen. Absolutely. So it leaves me with the negatives then this week. James Dayton's red card in that melee uh, is a clear negative. Dean Brill retiring, uh, we see that as a negative. No new players have come in uh, over the last week. We're still waiting on more signings. Uh, and we're going to end the negatives with four this week, uh, given that the Danny Webb situation has presented itself. Yeah, absolutely. So those are positives and negatives. So time for our hero of the week. I feel like it was fairly unanimous, but there could have been one of two or maybe three Yeah. so we'll say our runner up first was George Marsh I think yep. you in particular thought he's had a really good week yeah you're playing a, a central midfielder at right back and, and he looked composed he didn't look out of his depth he didn't look unnatural in that position and he put in two very very assured performances so for me to have a player playing out of position and doing that well particularly given that the first half of Northampton was the poorest, one of the poorest we've seen yeah for me he, he stood out but then you could have given it to um, I think Cissé could Cissé, have been a runner-up. Cissé would have been third choice as well. Okay, third so let's place. go Cissé in third place. But our hero of the week, probably no surprise to people listening, is... Ruel Satoru. Yeah, so well done, Mr Satoru. Came on against Northampton, had a big impact, gave the team a sense of urgency, some attacking threat, involved in us getting back into the game. And on Saturday, played a great game, culminating in his winning goal, basically. So well done yep. to Ruel. So next week's fixtures... Busy week coming up for the O's, two A-League fixtures, a transfer deadline and a meet the chairman coming up. So on Tuesday, 28th of January, the O's visit high-flying Crew Alexandra, who are fourth in League 2 after a two-away draw against Scunthorpe on Saturday. And if you can't be asked to go to Crew because it is a mission, <laughs> sorry for the swear word, because it is a mission, you can stream it. So you can stream the game live in the UK because it doesn't fall within the remit of the Saturday 3 o'clock, so you don't have to go to Crew. If you don't want to, if you want to w- watch it from the warmth of your house for ten English pounds, I'm sure the club will tweet about it. But a bargain, Again. and hopefully we'll all be watching a win on Tuesday evening. Absolutely. This is followed by an away trip to Lowly Stevenage on Saturday, the first of February. Who are bottom of League Two after a two-one defeat at home to Plymouth on Saturday. If you're going, so on- twelve hundred tickets sold to Stevenage. Amazing. LOFC it? tickets tweet. I think there's going to be more tickets going on sale early part of this week. So big crowd. be a very big crowd, a very well-supported Orient team. And hopefully, like you know, Richard Emmett said, and we spoke about it in the podcast, the support the team get reflects back onto the players, which reflects back onto the supporters. 
So hopefully with a larger wake following, it gets reflected on the pitch. Yep, so if you're going to either of these games, have a safe journey. Why not tweet us in the car, on the train, on the coach, if you're in the ground or wherever you are watching the games from. Yeah. So that's it for us this week. Yeah, so we mentioned Meet the Chairman on Thursday evening. So Nigel Travis is doing a Meet the Chairman we'll see you there. at the club. If you're going, we'll see you there. Come and say hello. And it's transfer deadline day on Friday. I think if you spoke to Kent Teague over the weekend or the last week at Orient, he's probably told you quite a few players are lined up. So we wait with bated breath. For me, it has to be a left-back. has to be signed next week. That is, for me, the key position. I know there's lots of rumours about a striker, attacking midfielder. For me, the left-back must be the key priority. I know Joe Ederson's coming back, but that is the one position where we look weaker than others and it's probably cost us over the last couple of weeks. And if you sign a striker, you know, just the two, you become fourth choice or fifth choice. Or does Matt Harrell drop? Yeah. Or does Connor drop? Or does Lee yeah. Angle drop? You know, like, how does that work? I suspect from what Ross is saying about the fact they've been let down by a couple, I suspect that one will come in early next week. Yeah. Uh, if they were that close, they're not just going to go just for one and go and not have anything else lined up. You know how they work with one, first choice, second, third and fourth and whatnot. So Yeah, there'll be fingers in pies and you know the way football works. A player might drop down to League One, so, which causes another League One player who has no intention of dropping down to League Two Suddenly to start dropping. looking. So yeah. I'm sure it'll be a busy week, but Nigel's here, you know, he's probably here to do a lot more than just give a talk to the fans, not yeah. a coincidence. So let's end this with a sponsorship reminder. So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or on Twitter, Big Ads LFC, for all your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, for episode 206. So after two home games this week, the O's have taken four points out of six, which we'd have all taken beforehand. And from the second half against Northampton, we've seen a much better performance on the pitch, which culminated in our first home win since the 12th of October. Busy week now coming up for the O's with two away league games to play as we look to build on our good form. A transfer deadline, deadline day beckons, so expect a few new faces in the squad this week. And as we've just said, Nigel's holding a meet the chairman night on Thursday, which is free to attend. Uh, so that he can interact with fans. So expect a lot of activity. And as always, keep your eyes peeled on our social media pages for the latest news and views. Yes, yeah, so we'll be back next week with episode 207 with all the information and views that you could ever need. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a review. No reviews over the last month or so. Really Shocking. disappointing. Stuck Shocking. on that 69 number. And if you listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, tune in, Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on all smart speakers. <coughs> so listening to the Orient Outlook podcast has never been easier. And we say it every week, if you have an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, someone you sit next to who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone and download it for them and pass the pod. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.